0: Welcome to Figment of My Reality, where we talk about the true stuff that makes this big old world seem made up. I am your first co-host, Jeremy Bales.
1: And I'm Jason Wright, your other co-host. Uh,
0: I'll start off this week. So, uh, I've done some very cursory level research um, on different male systems throughout history, throughout different cultures. And I'm just going to hit you with a couple and you tell me if you, you've heard about them at least or maybe they make sense to you, right? So, obviously, the ancient Greeks were the primary or, I guess, the the catalyst behind using carrier pigeons, right? Fairly common. Have you heard about folks using horses and the system being called the Pony Express? Yeah. Okay. And, obviously, determined by some climates, dog sleds were used in Canada and Alaska. Make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. And additionally, reindeer were actually used in Alaska. Still good?
1: Yeah, yeah, Santa Claus delivering stuff, gotcha.
0: That's the one. (laughs) So, the one I came across that was really, really interesting to me was in the 1870s, uh, a little town in Belgium. Well, I say little, it's actually the third most populous behind Brussels and Antwerp. It's called Liege. It's about um, 725 square miles and 200,000 population now. I'm not sure what it was in the 1870s. But they gathered 37 elite cats for their mail system.
1: <laughs> what what determines an elite cat?
0: Uh, ones that followed the rules and delivered mail properly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Could you imagine trying to corral cats with little book bags and slipping mail in and hoping that they go to the right place?
0: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Isn't there a phrase like, it's as difficult or as easy as hurting cats? Which (laughs) typically means it's not that easy.
1: It's easy as teaching cats to deliver mail. That,
0: I think, should be the new phrase. So they they were able to take on 37 of these cats, and they put uh, waterproof bags around their necks, and that's where they put the mail. The New York Times had had a stellar quote about this mail system. It says, quote, Unless the criminal class of dogs undertakes to waylay and rob the male cats, the messages will be delivered with rapidity and safety.
1: Is that implying that normal mailmen are under the threat of being mugged in their mail stolen from them?
0: By By criminal dogs, yes, the criminal <laughs> class of dogs, now, I feel like there's a lot to unpack in that little quote there, uh, primarily, how the generalization and marginalized group of dogs is all deemed immediately as criminals.
1: And we all know they're out there being good boys. Good boys, just real good boys. <laughs>
0: Uh, additionally, the New York Times has this very, very strong conviction that these male cats are going to deliver their messages with speed and safety. Safety I buy. I don't personally think many people would mess with street cats. Lots of
1: claws, all that nonsense. So cats sleep two-thirds of their life, right? So I don't know how speedy males going to get when they're halfway there and they're like, time for a nap. <laughs> I, all right.
0: So let me... Uh, let me let me take a, a detour just briefly jason if you were to you know write a letter uh, granted this is more modern times with a, a modern mail system when would you expect that letter to be delivered to somebody in the same sort of city or town as you
1: i don't know like two or three days when's the last time you have actually sent anything in the mail
0: i genuinely can't remember what about amazon right if you didn't have prime what's the typical two days amazon? two days we'll say two days how many of these cats do you think delivered their, their parcel in two days or less? None. You would be so wrong. One cat delivered its message in less than five hours, and the rest took less than a day. Do,
1: do these cats know the city in and out, where they're just like, Hey, go over to Jerry Biggs' house. Jerry Biggs. Take, take this package over there. And the cat knows all that he knows where Jerry Biggs lives, obviously, and is strolling around and knows where all the dog gangs stick around, avoids all those. So it takes them a couple, an extra hour or two to get there. But they're able to navigate the city, get to Jerry Biggs house. No problem.
0: So what my biggest understanding would be is that it took them and in the the description of, of how fast they delivered their messages. It says that they took them to their own homes.
1: That is not an effective mail system. Every
0: house needs a cat. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, at the start of the day, you take your cat to the mail room, (laughs) and then you drop it off. And any mail that gets taken to the mail with the cat gets put on that cat. A cat just finds its way home at some point.
1: All the cats are getting delivered. They're there having their coffee in the morning. Oh, hey.
0: Smoking a cig to start the day.
1: Yeah, getting coffee. Their whiskers are all droopy. They're like, don't talk to me till I get my first cup. I can't carry any mail till I get it.
0: I was absolutely astounded when they had this high success rate, but it's to their own homes.
1: Did they have their own uniforms?
0: I don't know. See, I'm trying to go inside the brain of this cat. Start of the day, your, your owner, your, your housemate, whatever you want to call him, he picks you up. Ah, he's at that time of the morning again. He walks you over to the, uh, to the post office, drops you off. It's like, what in the sam? Come on. What, what is happening? And then you just get this bag tossed around your neck, a burden that's probably, I don't know, maybe 10% of your body weight with a couple letters and parcels into it. And then you're just like, okay, what now? And they just open the door. And you're just like,
1: what the f? Get get going home right now.
0: Scoot, get out of here, cat. And then you're just like, all right, I guess I'll go home. But the, uh, so the town was generally pleased and actually proposed us to have regular communications with neighboring towns using these mail cats. That was until they came to the conclusion that it was just easier to use a horse and later a car. So aside from, you know, just more efficient methods, these male cats could have been current, brother. They could have been right there with us.
1: It would be so bad for people allergic to cats. They'd be everywhere.
0: No, Jason, it'd be great. It, just, it would force your body to either develop an immunity or to get out of leash.
1: How pissed would all the cats be if it did turn into a thing when email came around? (laughs) They
0: have no idea what's going on. My my human, he doesn't use me anymore. He just sits in front of a big bright screen. You know what? He's Maybe Jason. (laughs) Is that why cats (laughs) lay on the keyboard? They're like, this could have been me.
1: (laughs) Screw this computer. Screw it all. Nobody's using them.
0: It took away my bright future.
1: After they were put away, cast aside, can't be used for mail anymore. Oh, my they goodness. They hatched a plan of, well, if we can't deliver mail, Nobody it's not can. going out.
0: <laughs> this all makes so
1: much sense.
0: Yeah, that is the, uh, that is the strange uh, mail system that Liege, Belgium, developed in the 1870s. Trying to utilize these feline friends as, as mail carriers.
1: That's pretty wild.
0: Yeah, until, I guess, cars. But, you know, in my heart of hearts... I almost wish like every afternoon or every three days, whenever the cat felt like it, it would just come to my door with a little package around its neck. It really bite my day.
1: Especially if they had a uniform on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just a blue shirt, blue jeans.
1: And they have to pay $2 to wear blue jeans on Friday? Woof. What do you got? Okay, so my story is on the barefoot bandit, Colton Harris-Moore. He's born March 22nd of 1991, so he was convicted and arrested for thefts totaling in hundreds of thousands of dollars of property, including small aircrafts, boats, and multiple cars. To get in a little backstory of him, when he was a toddler, his dad was in prison, he grew up with his mother and his stepdad, and neighbors gave several calls into Child Protective Services because of suspicions of neglect and abuse. His stepfather died when he was seven. When he was seven, he also decided he wanted to start living on his own. So he lived out in the woods by himself and would break into people's vacation homes to get food, water, and blankets and stuff to help him survive in the wilderness.
0: You know, at seven years old, you're a grown man. You can make these decisions for your life. (laughs) You absolutely have the maturity and the the know-how to make these things happen. And it sounds like, you know, he really took life by the horns and made it happen.
1: If you want to live off the sweat of another man's brow when you're seven years old. It's the only way to live when you're seven years old. (laughs) So he's living out in the woods, often on, stealing stuff. Around this time, he's also diagnosed with depression, attention deficit disorder, and intermittent explosive disorder, whatever that is. I assume it means he gets mad very quickly, which is also supported by the fact that he doesn't listen to anybody. None of his teachers or anything when he does go to school. And if he is at his house, his parents' house, he's breaking stuff all the time.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: He continues doing this. And at the age of 12, he's convicted for his first theft.
0: To his credit, you know, going five years without getting caught,
1: pretty good. Especially for a 7 to a 12-year-old. Yeah, not bad. In the following year, he's caught three more times.
0: Ah, see, now it goes all downhill.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's on the radar. He's getting caught. But he never spends more than 10 days in a detention center. Um, He ends up getting caught more, and he's sentenced to three years when he's 16 or 17 years old, but he runs away in 2008. He's good at that. He is. So this starts his real spree of crime. In this time between then and when he gets caught, he's suspected of over 100 thefts in the Washington, Idaho, and Canada area.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: He starts by just stealing stuff that he needs to survive and was known to just break into people's houses to eat ice cream and soak in their bathtub. (laughs) He needs a little spa day every once in a while.
0: Yeah, you know, after a life of crime, you know, in some ways, I would say crime does pay. You know, you can put your feet up. You can just hog down some ice cream that you didn't buy you know even more tasty i'm sure i can't speak personally but i'm sure and you just soak deep cleanses moisturizing the body
1: i just imagine the wife getting home and like been a long day goes to get some ice cream you know she wants that ice and cream, and she's like you son of a bitch and then she, and then she walks up to the bathtub. And she's like, "Oh man, I at least I can give myself a good soak." And it's just covered in mud and dirt all over the side. And she, her husband comes home, and she's like, "You are a dirty s o b. Why did you eat all my ice cream? The bathtub's so dirty." Yeah, what are you gonna do?
0: You can't deny.
1: Well, you <laughs> can deny all you want,
0: but who else is that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> But eventually, he starts stealing more and more things worth more money. At one point, he broke into somebody's house and used their credit card to buy bear mace and night vision goggles. Bear mace? I mean, he's trying to survive out there. Buy
0: a gun! (laughs) Why? He doesn't have any money. He used somebody else's credit card anyway. Yeah,
1: I guess, but during this time when he starts stealing more valuable things is when he develops his barefoot bandit name by committing crimes barefoot and the theory behind this is people get caught sometimes because of shoe prints left behind but there's never any records or anything kept of footprints at one point he even ends up robbing a grocery store barefoot But he also draws 39 chalk prints of footprints all over the store and writes, see you on the grocery wall. How much time do you think that took? I don't know. Two minutes a foot, if you're really putting the detail in. Over an hour. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So,
0: imagine you're a cashier at a grocery store, and this barefoot kid probably looks like a wild man. Comes in, he starts, you know, he's like, hey, everybody, you know, I've got bear mace. Don't do anything. And you just see him start doodling. He, he draws a foot. You're like, okay, now, now he's done. But you see him do it 38 more times. <laughs> At what point are you just like, hey, can I go?
1: <laughs> I don't think he was robbing the place when there were people there.
0: <laughs> it's funnier, though, isn't it? <laughs>
1: so next is his spree of starting to steal motor vehicles and actually airplanes so he teaches himself how to fly by reading aircraft manuals handbooks and watching how-to videos on flying small planes and then he also is doing flight simulator video games he steals a couple small personal aircrafts that are later found in different locations around the general area where he's doing all of his thefts, all beat up from the landings.
0: So he didn't learn that good. Just kind of another thing. There's not a whole lot of people that have their own personal airplane.
1: Well, you only need one to steal, right?
0: But if this is happening over and over again, I might lock it down a little bit nicer. <laughs> <laughs> one, okay. You know, he, he caught the drop on that particular neighborhood, which had its own runway and, you know, nine planes in the area. After that, though, you know I'm going to do something special with my airplane to make sure it don't get stolen.
1: (laughs) Like, don't leave the keys in it. After he develops this name, the Barefoot Bandit, he continues to kind of mock the cops or the authorities. He leaves a $100 bill and a note on a veterinary clinic table that says, drove by, had some extra cash, please use this money to cure animals. And then he signed it, Colton Harris Moore, the Barefoot Bandit. So I guess he wants to be known. That's a lot of hubris.
0: Yeah. That is a lot that is a lot of straight confidence that I'm never gonna This is catch me if you can.
1: Yeah. Here's some extra money. Catch me if you can. Here's my name. Good luck. What ends up leading to him being caught is in June of two thousand ten the cops start tracking these cars being stolen all throughout Idaho and Illinois. And they find one about a mile away from an airport. And then they go to that airport and there's a string of thefts at that airport. I assume cars in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. They follow another car that was stolen in the general area down to Indiana where another small airplane was stolen.
0: God, man, he's just he just crushes the airport game.
1: <laughs> that airplane was found crashed on the shorelines of a Bahama island. So he's fleeing the country. Mm-hmm. So, after that plane's found, a spree of robberies goes on at that island. That doesn't add up. So, he's stealing some cars, stealing some stuff, steals an airplane, flies over, lands, crashes, gets out, just starts stealing again. Stealing spree on the island.
0: This is Grand Theft Auto in real life.
1: It is. At this point, the federal government puts out a bounty of $10,000 on his head. Or not on his his head, but a $10,000 bounty.
0: I was gonna say, what (laughs) in the... Since when does the government put out a hit list? Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's not a pirate. Jeez. And he formally gets charges from Washington State.
0: Only just now?
1: There's, at this point, he's indicted two days after they find the airplane.
0: In the Bahamas? Yeah. Man, the, Washington must be a very forgiving state.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was, he was only getting 10 days at the beginning when he was caught several times. for theft. I know he was young, but um, right. but then he would just be released again. I kind of was thinking that when I was reading it was, well, maybe if they were a little stricter earlier on, it would have helped this later on.
0: It just seems to me like, you know, we get it, guys. He he stole a couple cars and a couple airplanes, and you know he's just been on a spree of breaking enterings. And, you know, granted, he left $100. Oh, see, he's okay. He left $100 (laughs) at a vet. We won't just charge him just yet. But as soon as he goes to international territory, they're like, all right, guys, we're going to get him. Everybody lock it down.
1: They do the same thing at the Bahamas. They follow the string of thefts and then a boat gets stolen. I wonder who it could be. A 44-foot boat. The Royal Bahama police force end up finding him on this boat. And he tries to flee on the boat, but they shoot the engine out. So he's not able to leave. When he realizes he's going to get caught, he throws his computer into the water, and he holds a gun to his head, like he's going to kill himself, but the Bahama police force are able to talk him down. Nice. He gets arrested, brought back to the United States, and he's taken back to Washington. At this point, he's pretty much an international celebrity. The barefoot bandit stealing airplanes, flying internationally. People are starting to get rights to publish books for him. There's people selling his likeness on t-shirts.
0: Is he making bank off this too?
1: Not yet. So he's starting to get all this publicity and stuff, and it allows him to get a pretty decent lawyer. Oh my jeez. He goes into the court system, and with this good lawyer, he's pointing towards his childhood, saying that how he had a bad upbringing and stuff, and uses that as a defense. And they negotiate giving up all monetary rights to the books and stuff. It lessens the sentence that he probably would have gotten. So he gets just over seven years from the state of Washington. Then a year later, he gets another six and a half years from the federal government. So he gets a total of 13 years, a little over 13 years. He says at his hearing that he's going to turn his life around and use the time in prison to further his education and get a aeronautical engineering degree. Did he? As of now, he's out of prison.
0: Hold on, let me go check my plane. Oh no, (laughs) let's go.
1: (laughs) The last update that I found is he's working for his defense attorney's practice doing clerical work. And he keeps trying to do things to get money. He's saying to get his aeronautical degree. Uh But... He's trying to publish things on social media and get money through donations and stuff. And his parole officer just keeps shutting it down. He's like, "Nope, you're not getting money to do this until you pay off all the hey, fines." Bud. And no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the barefoot bandit. Airplane stealing, car stealing, tub soaking,
0: ice cream chowing,
1: <laughs> ice cream chowing,
0: barefoot bandit, bare mace spray. <laughs> <laughs> Night vision it <seer. laughs> I feel like there's a slam poet. <laughs> oh, man. So he gave up his, the, like the rights to all his likeness in the story to get time off of prison.
1: So I don't know what the direct impact was for him giving it up, but I did read that part of the negotiation was that he gave that up. So one would assume by giving it up, it's non reclaimable. And he probably received less time because of it. That's insane. That's a tough decision as a prosecuting lawyer. Like, do you want to get this guy for the most time that you possibly can? Or are you going to cut him a deal so he doesn't sit in prison? Making ridiculous amounts of money. That is a tough call.
0: I have to talk to some of my uh, my cohorts who might know a thing or two about that. And maybe this is a, a tried and true case that's referenced in,
1: in court, current courts of law. Your Honor, can you please refer yourself to the barefoot bandit case
0: so uh, your, uh, your Honor I'd like to reference a specific case the barefoot bandit oh, he <laughs> not again got it, we, we got <laughs> this is just such a common reference for judges <laughs> we can' not again dang it. it.s <laughs> the so third time this trial you tried to reference that case.
1: <laughs> Stop drawing feet on my court floor <laughs> you
0: just, Your Honor, you pulled out a piece of chalk. no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, uh, tell a friend. Please review and uh, subscribe on whatever podcatcher you're using. If you're interested in contacting us with a story of your own or you want to hear us talk about a story you've heard about, you can reach us at Fig of My Reality on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our email is figmentofmyreality at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, and if you guys like what we're doing here, please spread the word. Uh, word of mouth is the best way to get other people to come listen and build a community here around these crazy stories so tell a friend pull them in and we can all enjoy this crazy world together that is something we we haven't really talked about before but we would like to
0: build a community around this and uh yeah we can only do that with your help so thanks for listening again my name is jeremy bales
1: i'm jason wright talk to you next week